Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. What's the deal if, if I'm not healed? Well, clearly, you're in sin. Or you don't have enough faith. But see, there's a problem. Because here what we see, the leper clearly had faith, right? The Roman centurion had faith. Don't know about the servant. Peter's mother-in-law? No idea, because she got a fever. Oh, so he touched her. It's gone. It's like there was no opportunity for faith. Or no, Do you understand what I mean? Some people think that if you just have enough faith, God will heal you. But as Pastor Robert shares in today's message, this isn't what the Bible teaches. You'll learn that Jesus didn't heal everyone who asked for his help. He decides who he heals. Don't let your lack of healing cause you to doubt your faith. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. And here's Pastor Robert in the book of Matthew chapter 8 with today's edition of Main Thing Radio. It's a scary thought. Anybody, no matter who they are, anybody who rejects the love of God offered through his Messiah is going to be left where they are, outside the light of his presence, outer darkness, and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, he said. Then in verse 14, Matthew continues, now when Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother, his mother-in-law, lying sick with a fever. So he touched her hand and the fever left her and she arose and served them. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Now, it's surprising to me that this is one of the more controversial passages on healing in the New Testament. Uh, You know, I was reading, you know, just different sources and looking at different commentaries, and and it's, it's interesting how many... And I understand it, I get it, but they point back to that passage in Isaiah where this is taken from, and they say, the, you know, he's talking about salvation. He's clearly talking about spiritual healing. Yes. But what's the context of Matthew chapter 8? He's just healed three different people physically, right? The leper immediately cleansed. The centurion's servant, healed. Peter's mother-in-law, he he touched her and the fever left. The context is physical healing. Now, the reason that quite often the Bible scholars want to kind of dodge that a little bit, it's one simple fact. 
Jesus doesn't heal everybody. And there's this extremist position that, I say extremist, maybe I shouldn't word it that way. It's an extreme position, theologically, but it's held by a lot of different people, a lot of different groups. They say that healing is a part of the atonement, meaning that it's guaranteed. You have a right to physical healing if you're a Christian, if the Holy Spirit lives inside you. It's part of what Jesus paid for. You know, by his stripes, you were healed. Done deal. So what happens? What's the deal if, if I'm not healed? Well, clearly, you're in sin. Or you don't have enough faith. But see, there's a problem. Because here what we see, the leper clearly had faith, right? The Roman centurion had faith. Don't know about the servant. Peter's mother-in-law? No idea, because she got a fever. Oh, so he touched her. It's gone. It's like there was no opportunity for faith. Or, do you understand what I mean? We, we like to be able to figure everything out, have it neat and clean, have a formula, you know, that if you say it right, you have to say it right. I mean, you know you have to say it right. Because God's too stupid to figure it out if you don't get the words just right. I mean, how ridiculous. How nitpicking, you know, that he wants it. It's like, oh, no, no, that's not grammatically, that's not quite the way. So he's going to withhold? That's not biblical. He withholds no good thing from those who walk uprightly. So we have to look at this and say, okay, what's really, what's really true here? What's really true here? Is healing a part of the atonement? Is it something that's absolutely paid for for every single person? Clearly not. Why do I say that? Well, because you see, even though in this passage, it seems like he healed everybody in the area. Everybody, all the sick who, you know, they brought them, they, he healed them. But that's not always the case. And it's important to recognize that. As a baby Christian, I was taught Jesus healed every single sick person. Now think that through. There were zero sick people in the entire region of Galilee. There were zero sick people in all of Jerusalem when he left. Is that what we're saying? Is that, I mean, really? It's not true. He healed everybody in this situation that they brought to him. But that's not always the case. And, and not only that, I'm going to demonstrate that in just a second. But if healing were a part of the atonement, Paul would certainly not have said to Timothy, listen, all your stomach troubles, you need to drink a little wine with your meals. Stop drinking only water. Instead, the apostle Paul would have said to him, you need to man up and claim your healing, Timothy. You're supposed to be teaching people. You're, I'm sending you to be a, you know, pastor, lead elder, whatever you want to call it. And you can't even claim your own healing. But you don't see any of that anywhere in the New Testament, do you? You don't see any of that anywhere in the, in the epistles. And what you do see in John chapter 5, it's an interesting story, and I'm, I'm bringing it to a conclusion here. John chapter 5, verse 1 says, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people. How many? A whole ton of people, right? Blind, lame, paralyzed, 
waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now, a certain man was there who had had an infirmity 38 years. Now, number one, I don't think this was the first time Jesus went to Jerusalem. I could be wrong about that because I didn't research it, but I don't think this was the first time Jesus had been to Jerusalem. Maybe I'm wrong. But this guy had been infirm. He'd been sick, whatever was going on, 38 years. Jesus saw him lying there, knew that he already had been in that condition for a long time. And he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water stirred up. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said to him who was cured, it's the Sabbath. It's not lawful for you to carry your bed. He answered them, he who made me well said to me, take up your bed and walk. Then they asked him, who's the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? But the one who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn a multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said, see, you've been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. So in that situation, there was some sin involved. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. How many people did Jesus heal that day? How many were sick? A multitude. That's a big word. It means a lot of people. Why did Jesus pick that one out? I don't know. Bible doesn't tell us. It just tells us that's what he did. James chapter 5, verse 14 says, Is anyone sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, he'll be forgiven. Now, I think what that last part means is if it's an illness that, like with this guy, result of sin, and the person comes in faith like this, will be forgiven. We're so glad you tuned in today for Pastor Robert's message in the book of Matthew. If you'd like to hear today's teaching again or learn more about Main Thing Radio, visit our website at mainthingradio.com. Before our time with you is through for the day, we'd like to take a moment and ask you to consider partnering with us here at Main Thing Radio. Would you commit to praying for us each time as you tune in? As we continue to produce programs and spread the good news of the gospel, we know the enemy won't be happy. We'd appreciate your prayers for protection and guidance in all we do. Would you also pray for your fellow listeners, too, that each one would allow Jesus to speak truth into their heart? We have one more way you can support us in what we're doing here at Main Thing Radio, and Tracy's here with the details. We all know that it's vitally important to support the local church, the place we call home, but it's also very important to support missionaries. Have you ever considered that Main Thing Radio is missionary work? It is! 
We need your support to continue to share God's Word over the airwaves. Please prayerfully consider financially supporting Main Thing Radio. Log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the Donate button. Thanks, Tracy, and thank you for joining us today to study Matthew. Join us next time for more right here on Main Thing Radio.